Bonjour, mes amis. It's locked on SoCal hockey. I'm back to try to make it again with my predictions, and I'm joined by Sarah Avampado once again on Locked On SoCal Hockey, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going? I'm feeling silly today. It is Friday. I did not expect to have this show this soon, but guess what? No series went seven games. So we're already making our predictions for the conference finals, or sorry, the Stanley Cup semifinal. And believe it or not, they start this weekend. So I'm joined by Sarah Avampado. Oh, by the way, my name is Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for way too long. I'm the host of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. And joining me is Sarah Avampado. But before we introduce her, this show is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Join me tonight on the Locker Room app, where I'll be talking hockey, maybe some playoffs, some hot food takes, what have you. Download the app and join me tomorrow, or sorry, today at approximately... 5 45 p.m that's friday at 5 45 to get in on the action locker room changing the way we talk sports i finally get to introduce her she is the punks of tony phil to my sam the eagle it's sarah avambado sarah how's it going i wish you could see the look on my face right now <laughs> anyway it's going i'm oh for four so this is a great day because we're playing golf scores and the lowest one wins, therefore oh, no, I no, won. Congratulations no, no, to me. No, the no, end. we're not doing that. No, <laughs> I won in your dreams. <laughs> no, well, why do you think I called you the punks of Tony Phil to my Sam the Eagle? Babe. Well, first off, you're from Western Pennsylvania. You speak Pittsburghese. Leave the, do not bully me on my own podcast. <laughs> you're the one that sent me the tweets. <laughs> Sarah so eloquently included me in a tweet because she introduced me to Pittsburghese talk. And Yin's got to be ready for this because did I use that properly? Nice. Did I use Yin's properly in that sentence? Yes. Yes, you did. Good job. Yay, I did a thing. All right. Well, let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about what happened first. And I know Sarah's not going to be thrilled about this. Do you want to start in the quote-unquote Western Conference or the quote-unquote Eastern Conference? Ugh, let's get it over with the West. It's fine. The West. Okay. So in the quote-unquote Western Conference, we had the Winnipeg Jets take on the Montreal Canadiens. And folks, this series was not close. Neither of us had this one right, as did almost every expert in town. Almost everyone picked Winnipeg. And for good reason, because Montreal came off an emotional victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Sarah, do you want to remind the folks about Toronto again? They blew a 3-1 lead. Yeah. (laughs) You love saying that, don't you? It makes me very happy. (laughs) So they blew a a 3-1 lead. Yay. And then they swept Winnipeg. What? I mean... I still I'm trying to figure out how that no how did that happen in your estimation what the heck uh the I think the short answer is the Mark Scheifele suspension messed them up which good they had a lot of injuries throughout their lineup so a lot of guys were playing higher up than they should have been 
and they just didn't have the depth to get it done. Connor Hellebuck can only do so many things. And I think Montreal, like, there is something to be said for the whole, like, underdog thing and how everyone has counted Montreal out from, like, the very start of the playoffs. And I think that probably helped fuel the Canadians onto putting together a really strong performance. Goodbye, Jets. Like, honestly, <laughs> it was really funny. Like, I sure didn't pick them to win, but I found it hilarious yeah were the jets just a facade after all this because i know you talked with harrison lee from locked on jets and he's been saying all season long that the jets are not as good as we think were they really just a facade i don't think that like they if you ran this series again i don't think they would get swept you know but i don't think that they were that good um them getting past the edmonton is just like it's like the equivalent of Toronto collapsing is, you know, <laughs> Toronto and Edmonton. It's like the handshake meme, like Toronto handshake Edmonton, massive playoff failures or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, I, I think Winnipeg wasn't as good as they they seemed to be. And the fact that that division was pretty weak, let them get into the playoffs, even though they put together pre- a pretty bad performance in the past, in the last couple weeks of the season. They just weren't that good. And Connor Hellebuck hid a lot of their issues. He is only one man who looks like he should be a magician. And he can only do so much. Yeah, he's only a man in a silly red suit. (laughs) Uh, But the kryptonite happened to be the Montreal Canadiens. Are they better than we thought? Better slash luckier? I'd be curious to see, and I could look this up on my own, but I'm not going to, like what Montreal's like PDO is in this series. Like they have to be very lucky, but also like Carrie price is just like playing. Like he has like resurrected himself from the past or something. Um, Carrie price has been phenomenal this whole postseason so far. And I mean, look, the, the Canadians have the amazing power of uh, Corey Perry helping lead them forward. Okay. Now you're bowling. Yeah. And, (laughs) I'll, I'll let you get it over with. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that like the, the Canadians have this this good mixture of young guys like the Nick Suzuki's and the Cole Caulfield's and everything. And then they have the, the, the grizzled veterans, so to speak, of guys like Shea Weber and, you know, Corey Perry scoring mm-hmm. some goals and coming up big and uh, getting paid a whole lot of money from oh, the Anaheim Ducks to go do this <laughs> for the Canadians. You know what? Since you're bullying, I'm going to do it back because look at who oh. did really well in overtime to send the Habs to the Stanley Cup semifinal. It's your boy Tyler Toffoli. It is, and he looked so, so happy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it right back to you. Tyler Toffoli looked amazing throughout this entire series, and the look on his face when he got that overtime winner, it was just a look of pure joy, and I know you miss him in L.A. I mean, I miss him here just because of Dodger. What an awesome dog that is. Yes, I know, like, I'm really tugging heartstrings now because, oh, puppies. Yeah, Toffoli's the real deal. Maybe they're just constructed in a way that they could get this far. What needs to happen is Montreal also needs to like get some old sharks player or something and then complete the California trifecta of, of, of players no longer with their former teams. Actually the suggestion from locked on Canadians, one half of them, uh, Laura Saba was uh, that 
the Canadians should just go and acquire Jeff Carter in the offseason. So that way I would just become a Canadians fan, which honestly wow. is pretty convincing. It's a pretty convincing argument. I think I'm going to have a word with Laura about that one. Uh, let's quickly go over this Colorado Vegas series. Just the other side of it. What happened with Colorado? They lo- they were cruising. They had a 2-0 series lead and then just lost four in a row. The first time they've lost four in a row in a couple of years. I feel like whenever I would check in with people I know who follow and who who cover the avalanche, they were kind of sending up the the warning flags at the beginning of the series of, you know, sure there was that, you know, very emotional game, game number one with, you know, all the chaos that happened in that game. Avalanche obviously win game two, but their their fancy stats started trending very poorly uh, starting mm-hmm. in that second game. And I think a lot of people just, you know, were, were, were concerned about what was going on. And also Marc-Andre Fleury is just, I mean, we want to talk about veteran goaltenders really putting together strong performance you know, Fleury is a Vesna candidate this season. He looks fantastic. Um, he and might win it. He might win it. Uh, meanwhile, Pittsburgh lost their series largely because their goaltender melted down. Mm-hmm. Crazy how that works. Uh, but yeah, I think that I think Colorado just maybe kind of ran out of gas at that point in in the playoffs. And fine, yeah. they just had to ruin ruin my bracket, man. Oh, oh, wow. Is that a segue that we're going to get into in a bit? I, I could see that this poor bra- bracket was brewing for you. Uh, just one final thought before we head into the break. You did mention the fancy stats. Yeah, they were trending down at the start of game two and three and four and five. Game six, Colorado had all the advantage. They had a plethora of shot attempts throughout the game. In fact, they had more shots on goal. They had more shot attempts. But Vegas just... They looked good on the block shots. They had something like 22 blocked shots. And I'll look this up on the break as to how many block shots they have. I know they are leading the NHL in the playoffs in that particular category with something like almost 200, maybe not that much. But that's one thing that they're doing well is not letting every shot get to Flurry. Flurry's been amazing, but the defense in front of them is doing even better. All right. Uh, we're going to head into the first intermission, and Sarah's going to stay here. Right, right, Sarah? <laughs> I guess. Only if you're not going to bully me anymore about Tyler Toffoli. No, we're through with that series. Okay, good. But you know what we are going to talk about? No. We're going to talk about Wealthfront. Sweet. Um, yeah, Wealthfront. So you're not a stock person, are you? No, math is not my thing. It's not. Did you know that only 1% of day traders beat the market? That sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, you know, so what should they team up with instead? I'm going to guess it's going to be Wealthfront. (gasps) That is absolutely correct. Yeah, they can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you. Yes, you, Sarah, in minutes. How does that sound? It sounds very fancy. I can't wait. Yeah. You know, it's trusted with over 20 billion, with a B, dollars of assets. You gotta love that math. And you can get your first 5,000 in a spin managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. Don't hit a whammy because all you need is 500 bucks to get started. So grow your wealth the easy way 
and let Wealthfront do the work for you. So don't press your luck. Pass that over because you got to get your first 5,000 managed for free for life by going to Wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. Once again, that's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings and get started today. Member FDIC. Coming up after the first intermission, uh, Sarah hit a whammy with both of her picks, but I sure didn't. We'll talk about that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked on SoCal Hockey, which is the Locked on LA Kings, Locked on Ducks crossover, which is part of TLOPN or Tlopin. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez, host of Locked on Ducks. And that's Sarah Avampado from Locked on LA Kings. Howdy, Sarah. Yo. So we have two more series to talk about. I know you don't want to talk about them too much. So uh, before we get to that, so I did look up this stat, and this is kind of sick. So over the six-game series that just took place between Vegas and Colorado, how many block shots total do you think Vegas had in the six games? 53. Much higher. 77? Still higher. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm running out of numbers. 83. Still higher. One more guess. Oh my gosh, 125. Okay, not that many. So over okay. six games, 109 block shots. What? That's an average of 18 per game. I hate them. Oh, yeah. Most people, okay, yes, most people do. So they're averaging roughly 20 block shots per game, which is by far the most of any team in the playoffs. Even the ones that are eliminated, by far the most. So maybe that's part of their success. We don't know. And something that I will take into account on my prediction. So two other series. Let's start with the one that you probably don't want to talk about. Carolina versus Tampa Bay. I was surprised that Tampa Bay dispatched of Carolina that quickly. I'm not going to have a whole lot to say in this series because I didn't really look at this series too closely. Just that Carolina did not score much in this series at all. I mean, the offense wasn't giving their goalies any help. Ned wasn't getting help. Mrazek wasn't getting any help. I mean, the decision to start Mrazek in Game 4, I thought was not the correct decision in that 6-4 victory from Tampa Bay. I mean, that was a crazy game in itself. But I'm sure you have much more thoughts since you contribute to, I think it's Kane's country, yes? Yep. So... I'm just going to let you take the floor with this. So just go with it. What was your thoughts on that series? I think it was unfortunate the way that it ended. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of it was, like you said, like the Hurricanes just weren't helping out their goalies. Um, I, I wouldn't put the losses on Alex Nedeljkovic. I, I think that he, he did his best and his team, you know, a lot of those losses were in overtime for Carolina, you know, their power play just went cold at the wrong time. Uh, they had injuries to deal with. Vince Trocek was out. Nino Niederreiter missed some games. Uh, Warren Fogel missed some games. Uh, so it, it's just, they they didn't have necessarily the depth to get it done. And, uh, you know, when you look at people who 
really cover cover the hurricanes instead of just sort of faking it like I do. They kind of pointed to the team's decision not to acquire another forward in uh, at the trade deadline as something that could have hurt them because they they didn't have the depth in their top six or top nine. So once once those guys like Trocheck and Niederreiter started missing games, they had replacements, but they weren't even close to like the same caliber of player. And so everyone similar to Winnipeg players had to start playing up in, in roles that they really shouldn't have been playing up in. So it it was just an unfortunate set of circumstances, I think. Um, And this, this loss seems more frustrating in the playoffs than previous playoff losses from the hurricanes. Um, Because this year felt like, you know, they hung with Tampa in the regular season. I think Tampa had the edge in the season series, but it's not like Carolina was getting blown out, you know, every time they played each other. So they certainly had a, a good chance of winning this series. And just, it just seems like everything went wrong all at the same time. And Tampa is a good team. And as many people have pointed out, uh, Tampa is very uh, astutely using the rules that are set in place in regards to long-term injured <laughs> reserve. And oh, you surprise! Mean using the rule a little bit. I mean, they are using the rule as it is as it is listed. If if people didn't want, if the, the league didn't want things to happen like that, they would have changed the rule. So. Until they changed the rule, I, I can't blame them. It certainly did help to be able to fill out your roster with guys. And, oh, surprise, here's Steven Stamkos. Oh, oops, surprise, here's Nikita Kucherov, who has a gajillion points already in the postseason, <laughs> didn't play a single game in the regular season. Um, I, I, I think that using that as, like, a reason why the Hurricanes lost is – you know, not like that's that's a cheap like, you know, take responsibility for the fact that you just played poorly. But, you know, it it is, you know, not every team has that advantage of having two of their star players be able to rejoin them in time for the playoffs, you know. Um, but so. you brought up something very important that I think, I think is kind of passing the buck that Nikita Kucherov indeed did not play a single game in the regular season. And yet they mm-hmm. can bring him back willy nilly. He's a tremendous score. He's gotten 100 points, 128 points in the previous two seasons. Last year, it didn't count because it was shortened. He had 85 points in 68 games. He was well on his way to another 100-point campaign. He would have gotten there with the amount of games left. So I think, you know, abusing this, I call it abusing this rule. It, It doesn't seem right. And it is something that I do hope gets changed eventually. But until that happens... We're going to keep seeing stuff like this. So what? We should hold out guys till the playoffs? Are the Bruins going to hold out Pasta or maybe Marchand or, you know, guys like that? I mean, I mean I think how that, far can that this go? Is a, that edges a little into conspiracy theory territory for me, a little too far into that, because I think that the I think the league would have something to say about like, if I think if there was because this happened with Patrick Kane a couple years ago with the Blackhawks too, and there was the same thing of like oh like he could have come back earlier and they just kept him on long term reserve so they didn't have to worry about the cap or whatever, um, and I I think that the league does and has looked into medical situations in the past to make sure that teams aren't abusing the long-term injured reserve rule. I don't generally have faith in the NHL to do things right, but this does seem like one thing where uh, I I don't think that teams would want to abuse it too much because the scrutiny will eventually come to them and the league can at any time be like, all right, prove to us this guy 
still needs to be on injured reserve. I think that the and, and you know people said the same thing about you know when you have players who effectively are retired on long-term injured reserve of, oh, this is just like cap circumvention and they could still be playing and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think I think that's all a little bit wishful thinking from fans just looking for a way to, you know, w- looking for something. Uh, but I, I don't think anything is there. I don't think that this is a like, oh, Tampa. I don't think that it's like, oh, Stamkos could have come back weeks earlier and he didn't, or Kucherov could have come back earlier. I, I, I just, I, I think that anyone who starts going down the tree of like, ah, he could have come back so much earlier and they held him out and they're circumventing the cap. I'm like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't buy that. (laughs) You have strong feelings, more strong than I thought. Let's put it that way. (laughs) I'm just going to say Nikita Kucherov, 18 points in 11 games. Oh yeah. He's ridiculous. Yeah. He's ridiculous. (laughs) Steven Samkos, 13 points in 11 games. Just saying. All right. So the other series, Bruins and Islanders. This really wrecked your bracket. You had the Bruins in this one. You had the Bruins yep. in a close series, but not that close. This was the only one that we differed on. I had the Islanders in six. So guess what happened? Exactly that. Islanders won in six. So I will start first by saying that The Islanders are severely underrated. They have been for the last few years. And I'm going to go back to my buddy Gil Martin on this one because Gil's the GOAT. He says this pretty much every locked on now. It's a different guy every night. You have a different hero for the New York Islanders, including one former Duck that um, I've been seeing a lot on my mentions recently. Okay, more than a lot. Kyle Palmieri. The guy is good. The guy is really good. Did you know, Sarah, that Kyle Palmieri is leading the Islanders in goals for the playoffs this season? Palms. Sounds normal. Yeah. He's got seven goals <laughs> for the Islanders. But that's it. Only seven compared to other teams where they have like double-digit scores. No, just seven. But the Islanders have this ragtag group of guys that are leading the way. Um, Travis Zajac is up there. Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson has six goals. So he's doing very well with the Isles as well. And then you look at Cal Clutterbuck. No one really talks enough about Cal Clutterbuck as being kind of that glue guy. And someone else that I do like mentioning is Matt Martin. Freaking Matt Martin. I don't know how he always gets in there and gets to the dirty air so well, but knows how to pummel guys and turn them upside down. I don't know if you saw that play on game six where he just flipped a guy over. That was great. That was fantastic. I like this Islanders team. I like this whole ragtag set. But the Bruins, I mean, they looked injured. They did not look like 100%. Tuka Rask did not look right. Uh, someone else that I really think did not look right, and I know you and I talked about this off the air, but Patrice Bergeron, I don't think he looked quite right mm-hmm. in this series, didn't he? Yeah, no, he, he, he was a little underwhelming and knowing Patrice Bergeron, he probably was playing through some sort of horrific injury that we'll find out about later, uh, which is pretty par for the course for him. But yeah, the, the Bruins just, uh, they're another team that injuries caught up with them and here we are. (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, uh, poor pasta. I don't know if you saw that he had a surefire goal in the second period. He had a wide open net. He was 15 feet away 
and he just muffed it. He had it wide open and rang it off the post. I don't know what, where Semyon was. I don't know where he was going. He was way <laughs> off on the left side, and Pasta just missed it. Uh, poor Pasternak. Uh, the only two guys that did something was maybe Brad Marchand and McAvoy, and that was it. The rest of the guys didn't contribute. And I yeah. know there's going to be a lot of questions this offseason on what the Bruins are going to do. But any other thoughts on this series? Because I know I had a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, and, and I've, I've talked with Gil for Locked on NHL about, you know, why people keep underestimating the Islanders, because I certainly have. Um, and, you know, part of it is just that the Islanders don't necessarily have, like, you know, the big sexy name brand, like, player everyone knows, you know, Pasternak's in Dunkin' Donuts commercials, and everyone knows uh, Patrice Bergeron, and you can't go anywhere without having someone have feelings about Brad Marchand. Like, you can't say the same thing, really, for the Islanders, except for people rightfully having negative feelings about Varlamov. Uh, You know, in terms of scoring and everything... The Islanders are kind of like the Senators of a couple of years ago whenever I did a name as many Ottawa Senators as you can segment on Locked on Kings. Like, try to name as many Islanders as you can. Like, good luck. Uh, so I, I think that that's been... Um, I, I could I do mean, that. Okay, go ahead. Go. Yay! Okay, so let's start off with my favorite underrated player, Matt Martin, who I think is going to be a big-time star. Yes, that's... Weirdly, one of my favorite players on that team. You must hate that. Cal Clutterbuck that I just mentioned, who has been severely underrated. Can I keep going? Of course I'm going to keep going. How about former Duck Kyle Palmieri, who happens to be leading the Islanders in scoring? I kind of hate that. Another former Duck. All these former Ducks are doing well. Corey Perry, he's all of a sudden had the fountain of youth. I don't know, Pat Maroon could win his third consecutive Wild Bill, Shea Theodore, he's become a new man. And now Kyle Palmieri's all of a sudden leading the Islanders in goal scoring. Are you kidding me? Kyle Palmieri? Really? How is it that all these Ducks, sorry, I'm going to go into rant mode, but how is it that all these Ducks are doing so much better on other teams when they could have been playing here in Anaheim and they're just not? What the hell? The Ducks are paying Corey Perry $6.625 million this year to score for the other team. It's ridiculous. Why are they doing this? I Anyway, I'm sorry. I, you must be enjoying this. <sighs> what? Sorry, I was checking my email. I, I missed all of that. So how, how many Islanders can you name? Okay, so uh, Josh Bailey. I, I like him a lot. Brock Nelson. I like, I've mentioned Palmieri. How about Matty Barzal? Give me some Matt Barzal every day. And how about Jordan Eberle, who scored a very important goal in this series? I'll keep going. Scott Mayfield. Who's that? What? You made you made up that player. No, I didn't. Scott Mayfield had some big hits in that last series. He pummeled Brad. Mar- That's why I remember him because he actually had a good hit on that rat. Sorry, I'm just saying. <laughs> you you made that man up. He's not real. Scott Mayfield is totally. A, he's a real life boy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And okay. and you know what? The Wheel of Fortune was correct for Travis Zajac because he's also on that team. Hey, hey uh. And <laughs> who doesn't love Casey Sezikis? Gosh, I think that's all I can name for now. But hey, I named probably most of them. 
fine, okay, you're the only person other than Gil who can name a bunch of New York Islanders. But the point remains that I, I think that they don't really have the superstar. And so that's why, and they don't get a ton of media coverage, really, because they're a little bit overwhelmed by all of the other, spe- like, you know, the Rangers get a, all the news coverage, even though they're bad, like, whatever. So I think that a lot of people just don't pay attention to the Islanders, and I'll certainly put myself in that category. Maybe if I watched them a little more, I would have picked them. But, yeah, I think that Boston injuries caught up with them. They went cold mm-hmm. at the wrong time. Tuka Rask turned into a pumpkin at the wrong time. <laughs> uh, and, and, he, and you know, Barry Trotz is very underrated as a coach. I think that a lot of people, you know, he coaching in Washington for so long, you kind of wonder, like, oh, was it just Ovechkin? Like, was it just the team and not Trotz? And, like, oh, it turns out he's actually a really good coach. Here we are, and... Go Islanders, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you don't want to root for Tampa. You don't. They won last year. They don't need to win again. Hmm. So you're not rooting for Tampa Bay. You're certainly not not rooting for Vegas. I don't think anyone here is. I know who you're rooting for, but who are you actually going to pick? We'll reveal that after the second intermission. But first, uh, Sarah, are you enjoying your Bill Bars? I am. I I think that they are a great fun snack that are also healthy for you. So if you are someone like me who maybe eats like a little bit too many cookies and candy bars and stuff that maybe you could instead check out a Built Bar because they are high in protein, high in fiber. They taste like you're eating a candy bar, but they also happen to be really good for you. And they come in a bunch of great flavors. So if you're a picky eater like me, guess what? You can find flavors that you like. Uh, what is your favorite Bilt Bar flavor that you are enjoying these days? Cookie dough and churro puff. All Ooh. hail the churro puff. And Ooh. kind of in that same vein, for those like me that, you know, can't really have peanut butter, there's plenty of nut-free flavors. So there's definitely something for everybody. There really is. You can't go wrong, right? You cannot. And uh, if you can't make up your mind, one of the cool things about Built Bar is you can go to their website, builtbar.com, and you can get like a mixed variety box. So you can get to try a whole bunch of different flavors and pick your own Built Bar favorite flavor once you're done trying them all. So you can go and do that right now by going to builtbar.com, check it out, see what flavors they've got available, go get yourself some delicious protein bar snacks. What code should they use when they go to BuiltBar.com and make a purchase just to get a sweet little discount? Locked15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off their next order of Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar in the land. And please eat responsibly. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. (laughs) You're still thinking about your burrito crime, man. Hey, hey, you know what? I love that Sonoran burrito in Tucson. That was that was the shiz, okay? As the kids <laughs> say. <laughs> no, the youths don't say that anymore, man. They, no. they don't. No, that, that's, no. that's like our generation. Like, we said that. Yeah, how, how do you do, fellow kids? Yeah. We're, we're still young at heart, I guess. Sure. Sure, let, let's go with that as we head into the second intermission. Hey, we got some predictions to make. Yeah. We'll get get to those on the other side.
welcome back to the only podcast your car will ever need, Locked On SoCal Hockey. And I'm joined by someone who bugged me to get my windshield wipers replaced, Sarah Avampato from Locked On LA Kings. <laughs> I'm just looking out for your well-being with your Aww. car with your little floppy windshield wiper. Aw. I mean, they weren't that... Okay, they were bad. They still are. I'm just waiting on my wipers from another advertiser, which I'll give them the free one today. RockAuto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Hey, they got a free one. Oh, all right. Hi, Sarah. Yo. How's it going? Uh, it's it's going great. Uh, I think that we have some predictions to make where I can be wrong about more things, probably. Yeah, I'm not going to say this to bully you. I'm just going to point this out because we have to point it out. So in the previous series, I picked Winnipeg. You picked Winnipeg. We got that one wrong. I picked Colorado in six. You picked Colorado, I think, in seven. And we were both wrong on that one. Um, you picked Carolina in six. I had them in seven. We both whiffed on that one. The only one I got right, and this one I got exactly right, I had New York Islanders in six, and you picked Boston. So, I mean, over four. I, yeah, I still can't believe it. No, this is bullying. No, I'm. I'm just saying this. For the record, like, that's what we did. I mean, I'm kind of self-bullying myself because I only got one mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Like that, sure. That was bad. So I'm hoping to get both of them right this time. So we have Tampa Bay versus the Islanders yet again, a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Final. Can we call this a conference final, please? Because that's, yes. that's what it is. Okay. So the conference final between the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning, best of seven, and we have a schedule that just came out. Are you curious about this? Sure. Tell tell me when I will be ignoring all of these games. Oh, come now. So the series starts Tampa Bay versus New York starts on Sunday, June. Sorry. Yeah. Sunday, June 13th will be game one at three o'clock Eastern on NBC. Game two will be Tuesday and it will be every other day. So we got the 13th, 15th, 17th, and so on. So that's what that series looks like. And I'm going to pick first. I'm going to say Tampa Bay wins this one. I want to get the number right. I have Tampa Bay in seven on this one. The Islanders have been severely underrated all year long. That home ice advantage is like having a sixth man out there. You talk about all the chants going on. This is the last dance at the Nassau Coliseum, one of my favorite arenas of all time. I'm sad it's going away. People keep discounting just how much of a home ice advantage the Isles have. And this is the one series where it's really going to come to light. But if it goes back to Tampa in Game 7, which I think it will, it's going to be all over. So I have Tampa Bay, but in 7. I think that the Islanders are going to put up a fight. I think that, uh, as I have learned, do not underestimate the New York Islanders. Uh, But Tampa is just such a tough team to beat. And uh, I I don't remember if I said this on a show that you and I did or on my own show, but uh, that someone made the comment online, and I, I agree with them, that this Tampa Bay team is really reminiscent of the 2015 Blackhawks that just sort of like limped through the regular season. And then they got to the playoffs and they were like, Oop, we're going to turn it on now. Um, And, and that's sort of the feeling that I'm getting from this, this lightning team of, you know, they, they just were happy to get here. And now they're like, well, 
here we are. Uh, so I think that Tampa is just going to be too hard to get past. Uh, they they have this down to a science now, um, and I, I but I think it will take the seven because I I don't think the Islanders are just going to roll over. Ugh, Tampa, fine. I know, but Andrew Vasilevsky has been just amazing. You know he's got a nine thirty four save percentage, which That's almost unreal. which almost leads the NHL in the playoffs. There's one goalie that has a better save percentage. Can you guess who that is? Um, no. It's Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens. Here's your segue for that. So Carey Price has a 935 save percentage and has a 1.97 goals against, which is second best. Guess who has a better goals against? Um, the other guy. Marc-Andre Fleury. Yep, the other guy. He's got a 1.91 goals against. Just a little bit better. Both these goalies are something else. So I will let you go with your pick first this time. So ladies first on this one. Who do you have between Vegas and Montreal? I mean, my heart says Montreal just because I think it would be hilarious first off for the team that everyone thought was going to get, you know, Leafs in three in the first series. I think it would be hilarious if Montreal won. But as everyone has been pointing out who has watched the Montreal Winnipeg series versus Colorado Vegas, it's like they're playing two entirely different brands or like game. They're, they're playing two entirely different games. Uh, anyone who watches Montreal and then flips over to a Vegas game is like, holy crap, why are they so fast? Uh, <laughs> it's just two completely like the only way I could see Montreal winning this one is that just, Vegas somehow has no idea what to do with whatever Montreal is putting out there. Um, But no, Vegas is too deep. They're too talented. I hate the fact that I'm picking them to win in let's go six and say that Montreal puts up a little bit of a fight, but not enough. But man, I hate it. (laughs) They're going to put up a huge fight. I have Vegas in seven. Mm -hmm. And even then it's going to be a pick them. Here's why. I had to look up this stat a little bit, and I was kind of in disbelief. So, power play percentage. Advantage Montreal. Montreal has a better power play than Vegas does. Vegas's power play is pretty good, but that's not their bread and butter. Their bread and butter is their defense, which is fine. But so is Montreal's, and no one talks about the Montreal Canadiens' defense enough. Uh, how about the penalty kill? How about this, Sarah? The penalty kill for Vegas is only 75%. That's a net penalty kill. The net penalty kill for the Montreal Canadiens is 103.2%. How is that possible? They've scored some shorthanded goals. That's how. That's how the Canadiens have a net PK of over 100%. Their penalty kill is has been solid all season long, and no one talks about it. So I think that's why Montreal is going to put up a bigger fight than some think. Because I'm already seeing online, oh, Vegas in three. Yes, I've already seen the tweets. Vegas in three, Vegas in four. No, shut up. It's going to be Vegas in seven. It's going to be a hard-fought series. None of this four, five, and Sarah, no offense. You say six. No, it's seven games. So it's so many games that I have to watch Vegas for. 
And even then, I think Game 7 is going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised if Montreal wins this series. But, like, I'm picking Vegas, but I wouldn't be surprised if Montreal wins. I'll put it that way. And I, right. I want I want to pick Montreal. I want to so bad. But a Game 7 in Vegas, it would just prove to be too much. So I, I have to go Vegas. So Ugh. you know what that means, right? That everything is horrible? Well, here here's what I'm hoping. I, <laughs> and I, I say this very kindly to you, Sarah. I hope that we're wrong on both of these. I hope you go 0 for 6 in these two rounds. Because maybe there's this mystical hope that you pick all the wrong series. And it's going to be Montreal versus New York. Wouldn't you rather watch Montreal, New York or Vegas, Tampa Bay? I mean, Vegas, Tampa Bay is going to be the better skilled series. But Montreal, New York would just be hilarious. <laughs> it would honestly. be. <laughs> so that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> so there you go. By the way, uh, that series starts on Monday, June 14th. So guess what? We have no games on Friday or Saturday. So no games on Friday. What what should we do? What what are we doing Friday, Sarah? Um, I'm taking a nap. <laughs> um, so do you have any plans for later tonight? Nap? Well, how about I kindly ask you, like I would kindly ask for your presence to join me on tonight's locker room. Oh. Yeah. Can I nap afterwards? You you can nap before and after. Okay, that's sweet. That's fine. I'm in. Okay. So, once again, that's that's a nice little self-plug. So, don't forget to join me on the Locker Room app tonight at 5.45 Pacific Time or approximately 7.45 Central Time or 8.45 Eastern Time. You know we have to talk food at some point, right? Oh, man, so many food crimes going on in this world. Yeah, so just to peel back the curtain, um, so part of our group chat amongst the other Locked On hosts, as we've been talking about just different food takes, some of them completely wrong, and some of them were like, oh, whatever. I mean, you and I both agree on one thing. We're, we're, very, not, we're very much not pickle people, are we? Ugh, no, they're nightmare food. Wow, nightmare food. <laughs> they're horrible horrible i mean i'm not a huge pickle person either i mean there there are better vegetables out there but anyway they ruin everything they touch (laughs) some people might think that's too far they're wrong wow so if if you want to hear more hot food takes like that join us tonight on the locker room app look for me locked on ducks all right um, Sarah, thank you once again for coming on. I always appreciate you coming on and doing this with me. It's really fun. Always glad to be here. Always glad to share how wrong I am at picking things. <laughs> I for for both. I hope we're both wrong on both these series. I really do. <laughs> See, we both picked the same team, so we'd both be wrong together. For what it's worth. Fair enough. Okay. So with that, I think it's a nice way to end the day and end the week. It's Friday. So we get to rest on Saturday. No hockey. Yeah, I think Saturday will be our nap day, right? Also Friday. And and Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get some naps in. So once again, uh, thank you all for listening. It's greatly appreciated. 
So, Miss Avampado, where can the fine folks find you on the socials? Where can they find your podcast? And where can they find your work, including your wonderful newsletter? Uh, so, I'm on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. That's W R I T E Said Sarah with an H. Locked on Kings is available wherever you get your podcasts. So, whatever app is your favorite, you can find us there. You probably have to search Locked on Los Angeles Kings. Uh, because of that pesky basketball team with the same name. Um, <laughs> Locked on Kings is on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings, where I am sharing, I don't know, pain at this point in the season. The Kings aren't doing anything. It's just just sadness. Um, if for some reason you're interested in the Carolina Hurricanes or the Chicago Wolves, I'm over at Canes Country on SB Nation. And I have a sadly neglected Los Angeles Kings newsletter thingy uh, called Line to the Throne, uh, it's line to the throne.substack.com or you can find the link uh, on my Twitter. So that is, I think, all the places that I'm at online. How about you? Where can people find you and your stuff and thoughts and feelings, etc.? <laughs> my thoughts and feelings are probably on an old live journal somewhere, but those are... <laughs> You're you're laughing because we're both of the same generation. But you can <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. Speaking of generational stuff, because you know Snick, Nicktoons, all that stuff. So at StimpyJD, the show's Twitter is at lo underscore ducks. You could search for Locked on Anaheim Ducks because if you if you look up Locked on Ducks, I mean okay, if you look up Locked on Ducks, you probably will find mine first. But there's also that pesky Oregon college football team i mean there there's them too but look up locked on anaheim ducks wherever podcasts can be heard uh sarah thank you once again and because i've been talking up a storm how would you like to close out the week i would be honored to give you this wow that was terrible (laughs) i'm gonna leave this in because i cannot talk anymore so i will let you finish the week Go Hurricanes. I don't know. Like, go anyone but Vegas. Have fun. Have a great weekend. You'll hear from somebody on Monday. Until then, I don't know. Eat responsibly. (laughs) 